0: Chapter One Olivia Price walked into the graveyard at 6 a.m. Every autopsy bay she'd ever worked in had a similar nickname, and this one was actually on the tamer side, not to be repeated to civilians, of course. True, this was where the bodies rested until they moved on to some other place, claimed by families or relegated to a nameless plot Marked only by a number in a potter's field, or what passed for that in the modern era. Her job was to help them find their way to wherever their journeys ended. She laughed at herself and the whimsical thought. She was a scientist, a doctor, not a priest. She dealt with corpses, the remains of a human being, whose spirit or essence or whatever it was that made them unique individuals had long since deserted the flesh. All the same, every body that came under her care was unique and special. Each still carried the outward and inner signs of a lifetime of living, no matter how brief that lifetime might have been. She was trained to read those signs, to take note of the evidence of disease or injury or injustice. She was the observer, the chronicler, the last biographer of those who ended up in the medical examiner's office, victims of accident, illness, or merely the passage of time. She had always known she'd be a doctor to the dead, and she was never happier than at this hour of the morning when she was alone, before the inevitable interruptions from colleagues, students, and trainees disturbed the peace. Of course, she could still work through the inevitable chaos. The dead didn't keep to a schedule or any other form of social convention. But she needed, relished, the peaceful solitude. She did her best work then, all thoughts orderly, efficient, and logical. In the antechamber, she hung her white lab coat, a fresh one pressed and laundered every day, on the first hook inside the door, donned disposable booties over her flats, placed the gold ring with central opal on the thin gold-linked chain around her neck, and scrubbed her hands with the hexachlorophene-impregnated sponge. After drying off with the industrial blue paper towels, she tied on an impermeable green apron that draped from chest to knees, covered her hair, and entered the space that was more home than her own brownstone. Surprisingly bright and spaciously airy for a room underground, the 20-by-60-foot suite held four stainless steel autopsy tables lined up down the center, leaving an aisle on either side and in between, each large enough to easily maneuver the gurneys. The floor-to-ceiling thermoregulated steel cadaver storage cubicles, Each four feet square with a slot for the index card bearing the identifiers in black magic marker occupied the far rear wall. Each long wall held waist-high counters with shelves and cabinets for equipment, extra deep sinks, and several hoods for venting noxious fumes from chemically or naturally induced decomposition. Overhead cables, pulleys, and mechanical arms allowed cameras, spray washers, and x-ray devices to swivel into place above the tables. Wireless voice-activated recorders hung down above the tables, and computer monitors sat on shelves suspended from the ceiling at eye level. The tables themselves were eight feet long and four feet wide, slanted at 20 degrees from head to foot, So bodily fluids could drain through thin horizontal slats into the stainless steel basin below and from there into the special drain system designed to collect biological effluent for disposal. At the head of each table, a large hanging scale swung above an adjustable shelf equipped with a power saw and large bore suction lines. In most respects, the autopsy suite resembled any other operating room.